Macho don't like it all. Bobby A. Bear, Mike Tillier sucking Brady's dick. I mean, look, it, it, it was a good team. I mean, uh, Mahomes ain't had, didn't have no protection. And, uh, Paul was hurt too. He could run, but he couldn't throw as good with that, with that turf toe. And, I mean, the Saints whooped up on them, on them, uh, Buccaneers twice, them Butt Pirates. We whooped their ass twice, baby. And, uh, you know, we coming back. Saints can have Brian Hoyer or, uh, you know, um, what's your boy? He's sure. Danny Warfel, I don't care who it is, a quarterback. We coming, baby. We gonna whip the Buccaneers' ass because I am Coach O, bitch. Go Tigers. Go Saints. Oh, yeah. And both them teams had a bunch of my players on there, too. I'm sure you guys have all heard about the new calorie-burning app, Peloton. Well, that's nothing, because the Sports Antidote's now brought to you Cuckaton, a virtual reality of a five-story house with 50 rooms. What's so special about it? Guess what? Your wife is in there, and you better hurry up and find her, because the odds are you're about to get cucked. It could be by the FedEx man, the UPS man, the mailman, hell, even the plumber, maybe even your neighbor. Who knows? But I know one thing. You better move quick, or else your wife's about to get that... Burn thousands of calories as you run up and down the stairs. Up and down, up and down. There's no elevators in this bitch. You're going to burn calories. You're going to work those quads, work those glutes, and work those calves as you try to find who's cucking your wife. Is she on the fourth floor in the study? She might be on the first floor in the kitchen getting cucked by a cook. I don't know, but I know this makes Peloton look like the New York Jets. And it's not just for men. It's also for women. I like to make the setting with my husband's stupid horse secretary. I know she's on her dirty knees going down on him. I find him in the bathroom with the monkey wrench. And I beat his brains in. And then I beat her brains in that stupid... Oh, thank you very much. Almost TMI. It's not just for the heterosexual. It's also for the gay community as well. I know my boyfriend likes that bartender from the Blue Oyster. And I like to put the setting on him. And I run around that house like a madman looking for him. And when I find him, I make them both wear the suit that the gimp wore in Pulp Fiction. And then I'll oh, thank you very much. I get the picture there. Please, guys, you need to order this now. Move fast, because somebody's definitely getting up in that ass. Order Cuckatron now. If you're into the movie Total Recall, you are not allowed to order Cuckatron. Psychological valuation must be done pre-shipping. Shotgun sold separately as well as the torture chamber from the movie Hostel must be installed prior to shipping. Come on, guys. Order Cuckatron. Burn those cows or else your wife is going to be getting with your pals. Cuckatron. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 35. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Anytime, anywhere, I'll be talking about that. In regards to a team I like in the NCAA tournament, Tommy Bench will be coming on the show to talk about, I think Biden had a conversation with China, along with some other things. You know what he's good for? Double masking. Isn't that like wearing two rubbers? Isn't that like two minus one? Don't you get AIDS when you do that? Bro Exotic's coming on to talk about a, wa- a walrus. I'm sorry, a manatee. Tom Brady as well. God knows what he's got going on. Pretty quick episode for you. Pretty layup, white bitch of the week. And no, it's not Mark Cuban. That's just too easy. 
Um, this is going to be a quick episode. I'm in Cleveland, Mississippi right now recording this. This is actually one of the nicest hotels I've ever been in. Uh, it's one of these like um, offset Marriott ones. It's called like the Cotton something. I don't even know. It's Seriously, it's ridiculous. But this city is one of the most depressing cities I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And that is a big statement. Broadcasting live from Cleveland, Mississippi. <laughs> Up on the Delta, baby. Oh, quick episode today. Let's just blow through this. Be sure and follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. We have some funny posts. If you're not following us and you're listening to this religiously, I suggest you follow us now. You got Bro Exotic on there, me, Danny Belts with a Z, Tommy Bench is on there as well. Rate, subscribe, and review. We could always use that. We continue to grow. And we like to have your opinions, even if you think I'm a cuck. And by the way, how'd you like that advertisement? Cuck it time. Yeah. You know you want to buy it. You know you left. Don't lie. At least, at least if you don't want your friends to hear this episode, at least share the beginning for that amazing advertisement and its amazing originality and all that it is, its greatness. So let's start off with what happened last week. So I had the Super Bowl going over 105.5 million views, and now a very underwhelming Neeson report comes out saying it didn't even crack 100 million. Bullshit. That is absolutely impossible, as now they're saying, well, we don't know how to add up the streamers. That's because they don't want to forfeit, excuse me, not forfeit, they don't want to give up that data. Uh, but we all know, how's that for data? Take that for data. Um, it's just absurd that you're going to sit here and tell me that it was under 100 million. I wish I could bet. That, that is absolutely impossible. Uh, I, I don't believe that. I'm, I had to lose the bet. It's ridiculous. There's no way that under 100 million people watch Brady and Mahomes go at it. We've watched way lesser Super Bowls in the past. I and mean, we watch Jared Goff and Brady go at it. Oh, it's because it's the Rams. There's no Rams fans out there. Stop. There's like nine. All right? There's more Rams fans in, in Missouri than there is in California. Fact. All right? Nobody goes to those games. So don't, don't cuck me because uh, that, that is absurd that I, that, that I had to pay that. But I, I almost should – I want my money back. Anyway, anytime, anywhere. You know, that's what BYU was saying this year. Brigham Young only had a few games on their schedule, rolling people right out of the gym, went up to Boise, beat them by 1,000 just crushing teams and their season's going to end early and they knew they may have had a shot to maybe make the playoffs and they were just throwing out anything they could and as you remember they had that slogan anytime anywhere and they basically were throwing in any team too and BYU looked like to be the team to do it if you don't remember Coastal Carolina kind of had the same thing like yeah anytime anywhere we're going to be national champions like UCF and basically BYU got on a plane and flew to Myrtle Beach South Carolina uh, with about 48 hours notice, flew across the entire country through multiple time zones and got over to the other side of the country and basically had to prep for this game on the airplane with hardly any sleep. It was a midweek game, and it was one of the best games I've ever seen. The game ended kind of like the Super Bowl with the Titans and the Rams when Dyson got tackled on the one-yard line. So did that BYU guy. The safety played it perfectly. They kept everybody ahead of him, which is what the Packers uh, and the Chiefs don't know how to do before the first half. Apparently, versus the Patriots, excuse me, Tom Brady and the Bucks. But in this case, they played it right. It was an amazing game, and it was really just the resilience of both teams. It really it was like the whole, like, let's just play. Screw it. Let's do it. We have a chance to only strengthen each other if one loses, but the one that, the one that wins obviously will be propelled up. The one that loses is obviously out and good for them for playing it. Although Coastal Carolina cucked and didn't want to play ULL because of the most baloney uh, COVID infractions or exposures I've ever heard in my entire life. If they played that game 10 times and BYU had adequate preparation, they'd beat them 10 times. Let me repeat that. They beat them 10 times. Yes. If they didn't have to prepare uh, on an airplane flying from 
mountain time all the way down to eastern time to play a game in a couple days because coast, Coastal's pretty good. But I remember always hearing anytime, anywhere, anytime, right? A little predator for you there. When you think about anytime, anywhere, and we talk about the NCAA tournament, you know, it used to be these teams that just stacked up, and you think, so you'd think teams that you just stack up a bunch of McDonald's All Americans and you go win a national championship. All right, well, that's not really working out that well for Duke these days now, is it? I mean, how many McDonald's All Americans has Duke had in the last six, seven years? And what's that got them? Look at even North Carolina, even a lot of, or North Carolina did beat Gonzaga recently, but look at these, look at these programs now. They're in the slum. I mean, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina might not even make the tournament. And if they do, I don't, they're not even ranked. Kansas will definitely make us. Kansas is still very talented. Of the four teams I just mentioned, Kansas would roll them all out of the gym. They're starting to figure it out now, and they just blasted Iowa State, but that's okay because I could probably play for Iowa State. But nonetheless, anytime, anywhere, the tournament brings something where you're going to have to do two things these days to win this thing, play defense and rebound. And I tell you, as generic as that sounds, because of course you have to score, we're seeing now a lot of these teams that feed off their crowd without having that crowd, they're just nothing. They're nothing. Coach K doesn't want to continue the season because it's pretty easy to beat them over there in uh, whatever, Cam- Indoor Stadium and Cameron. The crazies aren't there. And it's just, another, it's just another YMCA court without it. We clearly see that with North Carolina and Kentucky. Without these raucous crowds there, it's like the great equalizer. And don't tell me, well, they just don't have the good of talent this year. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They're just getting exposed for what this is. And they're going to get exposed even if they do make in the tournament. And teams that are really good right now that are making the tournament will continue to be exposed. I was joking with the drunk neighbor about this. Louisiana Tech could win the national championship. There's going to be more parity in this tournament than you've ever seen. Although I do think Gonzaga is the class of the country. There are some teams out there that might creep up. What I mean anytime, anywhere is you have to be able to fight on, like we talked about it in battle, you have to be able to fight on the battleships, the submarines, the dive bombers, the spy planes, all of that. You have to be able to fight land, sea, air, all of that. And when the tournament comes, you have to be able to do all of these things. You can't just have the benefit of having a bunch of great scorers that are going to go in the first round and assume that you're going to go to the national championship or even the final four for that matter. There's a team right now I've been watching all year that I think could fight you on a boat, on a plane. They could fight you on land. They could play in a slow game, a fast game. They could play in nearly any game. And I don't care that they're in the American Conference. The American Conference is still pretty respectable, although it's down this year. What big conference isn't down this year, particularly the ACC, which is an absolute disgrace um, as far as they go this year, at least what we're used to seeing. The Houston Cougars right now, to me, represent the anytime, anywhere basketball team. Old school, Calvin Sampson, remember him? Coached everywhere, old school guy. I like what he brings to the table here. Used to be a straight defensive boards guy, but now he's starting to really adapt, kind of like how Nick Saban did at Alabama. We're going to run the spread. Have to adapt. You know, even Belichick got out of running the ball and he realized early we can throw by running. Early in the early 2000s, the Patriots were jacking that thing all around the field. That wasn't his style. But you adapt. Adapt or die, right? The Cougars have all of that. And they have one of the most interesting teams I think I've ever seen in my life. We'll start off with their leader, Quentin Grimes. He averages about 16 points a game. He's a junior. He will play in the NBA. About 6'4", jumps out the gym. Full court defender. He can strap up. Pretty strong kid. He can shoot the three from about 30 feet. 
He can shoot the mid-range jumper. He's a great free throw shooter. He's a great finisher. He's just really good at everything. Well, I mean, he, starts, he only scores 16 points a game. It's because Houston is very interesting, which we'll get into. And their other guy, their other guard, Sasser, Marcus, he's a sophomore. Marcus Sasser. He averages, if you round up, right around 16 points too. I think it's 15.8. We'll just round up for all intents and purposes. One thing you really need this day and age is a dynamic backcourt. I'm not saying that these guys remind me of, of Delonte West and Jameer Nelson at St. Joe's. They're not nearly as good as them, but they kind of do by the way, they're, the way they move, the way they're built, the way they play offense and defense, especially in the transition modes. They have all of that, uh, and that's a dangerous, dangerous combo. Houston has 11 people that average 10-plus minutes. I'm going to repeat that. They have 11 people on their team that average 10-plus minutes. You don't believe me? Go check. They are a walking substitution machine. That's why guys like Grimes only averages 16. If he played more, he'd average 20-something. But they keep subbing in and out and in and out. Besides from the guards, it reminds me of the old Cincinnati teams of like five and six years ago. Interchangeable power forwards that can play center and small forward and even jump out to the two. They have a couple guys that can do that. They're very dangerous, they're very dynamic, and they're very diverse. They run up and down that court, they can play you in the fast break, they can slow it down. Full court press, they love that 2-2-1, and they play full denial. They'll take that basketball and they need it. Right in the American Conference. If Houston played Duke right now on a neutral court, Houston would be favored. Not just because they're eighth in the country, because they're better. And I don't care if they're eighth in the country. I don't care if they were 58th in the country. Every time I watch them play, it's just constant substitution. It's just a different look every single time. i got to give it to Calvin Sampson. This, this old dog has learned some new tricks. This is the type of team where they define anytime, anywhere. They'll play anywhere because they can play defense. Oh, and they can rebound. Of the P5, we'll all include the American Conference in there, the Power Six. North Carolina averages 42.6 rebounds a game. That leads the entire P5. If you add in the Houston Cougars, including the American Conference, make it the P6, Houston averages 42.7. Houston nearly leads the nation in rebounding outside of obscure conferences. And they do that not because of multiple substitutions, because of the size across the board. They have multiple guys crashing those boards. It is a, it is a circus. Averaging seven offensive rebounds a game, that's ridiculous. These guys get second-chance points, second-chance points, extremely well-coached. They're tied for second in rebound margin in the entire country, which is crazy. They're extremely deep, extremely well-coached. They have the backcourt duo. This is a very dangerous team. I know I've said that several times, but when you watch these guys play, notice not just the substitution, but the packages in which not the, not the players' packages – all right, that's for that's that's for the, one of the modes on Kukaton, on Kukaton, right? But the different packages they throw out, they come in on a zone, they come in a man half court trap, they come out sometimes in a matchup zone. It's just different players with different packages, constantly throwing different things at you. It's just very difficult to manage this team. Oh, they lost to Tulsa. Well, Tulane just beat Tulsa. They crushed him. So I guess Tulane's better than Houston by the transitive property, right? Yes, they did also drop a close one to Wichita. You can't win every game. And Tulsa and Wichita are going to find their way in the tournament. Tulane's a tough team this year, too. They should have beat Cincinnati uh, Sunday. Lost by one at home. They cucked. That's okay. 
the point of this is when you find a team in the NSA tournament that you want to really you want to be like these guys can win. This is one of those teams you'll find good value with. And this is one of those teams that they just can't lose to anyone. They'll be in every game. You can't blow them out the way they play. They're unblowoutable, as I said about the Kansas City Chiefs, who got blown out. But the Houston Cougars represent to me one of the most complete teams in the NCAA, and they are the deepest team in college basketball. Their 15th man, the last guy on their bench, I think the 13th, 14th man, he averages two minutes a game. Two minutes a game. They don't have anybody that doesn't average some sort of clock. They don't have any DNPs. Did, you know, did not play. It's crazy. Samson loves it. I think it's a great combination. I think it's awesome. We'll be getting into more college basketball as we get closer towards uh, we get closer towards the, the tournament itself, conference tournaments to be exact. And then we'll be also be picking some other teams we think might slip in there. But when I think of any time, anywhere, really, any court, anywhere, it's probably what I should have named this title, but too late. I think of the Houston Cougars and what they have going on right now. And believe you me, this is a very dangerous team. Keep your eye on them. And don't be surprised if they find their way into the Elite Eight, maybe even the Final Four. And if they get there, well, guess what? They can do just about anything. Who's White Bitch of the Week? This one's an absolute slam dunk. Thank you, Senator Cuck Cassidy, for voting for the impeachment for Donald Trump, the Republican senator down here. And now the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes. Oh, he's a bipartisan lawmaker. No, he's a cuck. And this reaching across the aisle bullshit is for idiots. All right, I don't see anybody else reaching across the aisle over here. And, and the most ludicrous, most biased newspapers and news sources ever. This makes, this makes our podcast look like Nickelodeon. Actually, Nickelodeon's pretty woke, as opposed to what, what bias actually is. And this guy, he must have not forgot. He must have forgot what happened to Mary Landrew. He's about to remember. That ass just got primaried, Billy, in 2026, and that ass is going to lose. Sorry. And let's keep wasting taxpayer money on the impeachment of a non-sitting president which we have still no evidence of any type of, oh, he incited the insurrection. No scripts, no videos, no nothing, no transcripts, no recordings, no nothing. No tweets, nothing. You're going to pull this out of the magic hat? I guess. Abracadabra. But I tell you what, abracadabra, we're going to have a new senator in 2026. Bill Cassidy, you are white bitch of the week. The Onion Ring, where even fiction is reality. Everything on here is a fact. With guest host, Bro Exotic, Super Woke. Bro Exotic, thanks for jumping on the sports and on episode number 35. Hey, what's, what's up, bro? bro? Um, bro Exotic, uh, me too. Uh, Mu Epsilon, Theta, Omega, Mega. Uh, yeah, bro. So, um, how you been, man? Been good, dude. I think we have an episode right now brewing in Florida, particularly Tampa with Tom Brady yes. and Manatee. I think you were on top of this one first. Why don't you uh, tell so us your story? It's, uh, it's, been, um, it's been out in the open now that there was an amateur picture of Tom Brady actually, uh, while he was intoxicated, took over the boat. Um, the driver, of course, was a woman, and he asserted his male dominance, which is a total foul. That boat and uh, ran over a manatee. Um, after he did that, he took his Super Bowl trophy, and uh, we all saw the video. He throws it over to the neighboring boat, and uh, that was just – all a smoke screen to get away with this. Uh, they say that the manatee was also uh, pregnant, so I think he should be charged with double aquatic vehicular uh, manatee slaughter. 
Wow, that's quite the charge there. Uh, so you think that whole thing was a distraction, just throwing the trophy, thought, killing a manatee? He's Tom Brady, so he gets away with it. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, just like Roger Goodell's probably going to come out of nowhere and say, okay, we're going to give you four suspensions now, and he's going to be like, nah, I think, I think I'll take one. Huh, interesting. I also saw that there was a – and actually, I think I saw this on CNN. There was a manatee – that had Trump written on it. Did you see somebody actually did that? That's actually, I think that's real news. Um, and everyone now is suggesting that a Trump supporter put that on the manatee. How do we not know that a liberal manatee didn't shame the other manatee by putting Trump on it, thus making it look like a human Trump supporter was the culprit? Is that not out of the question? Uh, it's totally not out of the question, bro. But uh, the more important thing is, I don't know why we're already addressing this thing as a manatee when we don't know what it identifies as a, a woman, a teeth. Or it's definitely, it's definitely a manatee. Not... Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I, Oh wait, I, I see, think... I see what you're saying. Wait, can you go ahead and go down that road again? I think I see what you're doing. Yes. Uh, you were just presuming that, uh, the, the T is a man when it, there's several other genders it, it could identify as. And, uh, I don't know. just, I don't want you to, to provoke my, uh, my woke anger with. So what other genders it's... could it be? Uh, pan, pansexual, a T. Uh, you, you, you never know here, man. I mean, there's 72 genders it could choose from. Obviously, you have Facebook. So it could be a woman a tea. You said a. It could be a bi a tea. I don't know. I mean, it very well could. Huh, interesting. Tom Brady should probably dive gonorrhea and rot in hell after what he's done. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't I, agree uh, more, bro. Yeah, dude. Well, anyway, we can't be killing any type of. We'll just say fill in the blank of teas. There you go. Uh, we can agree. That's just not good for business. Uh, bro exotic what's your uh what's your instagram handle i forgot uh so uh it's gonna be b-r-e-a-u-x exotic on instagram it's that simple that's how we find you looks like uh you have an amazing picture uh anything else you want to add before you roll out of here bro exotic on the onion ring uh no i'm actually uh diving into my new religion it's called the church of woke and i'll be uh discussing that next week uh just fully diving into that be baptized this uh this tuesday that's when we observe where will you be baptized at? Uh, the Church of Woke. In water? Uh, I mean, it, it's really like I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, as I told you, I'm fluid. So it could uh, right now it could be water. Uh, when I get there, it could be in grass. doesn't matter. You know, I'm baptism fluid. Got it. Awesome. Unbelievable. Sick. All right, bro. Thanks for jumping on the show, bro. Exotic. We'll have you on next week. All right. Peace, bro. No jokes. Stay woke. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Later. Those poor manatees. Those poor Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my God. Where's Tommy Bench? Tommy Bench, thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode 35. I'm sure you have a grab bag of things to do or things to talk about. I'm sure Joe Biden's going to be one of them and maybe China. But what do you have to talk China. about today? What, what, what's going on here? It's uh, China. China, China, China. No, it's not all China, but we are going to cover a little bit. So uh, one of the things to most recently make the news was Joe Biden's phone call with President Xi Jinping of China, the president of China, the leader of the Chinese Communist Party. And Joe Biden says he talked to him about human rights and climate change and <laughs> the economy. And now I'd love to know if when he said human rights, did he say, so Xi, you know, those million Uyghur Muslims you have locked up in Western China in modern day concentration camps where women are, are, are raped, you know, sexually raped and then and sodomized with objects. Uh, as has been reported by the AP and, and even 
even some of the more left-leaning newspapers, even the New York Times somewhat sheepishly admits this is going on. Do you think Joe Biden brought that up? No, of course. He probably said, well, Xi, we, we all need to work together to end the scourge of hatred, right? He probably, he probably even said, it's more our fault than your fault. It's, it's our, he probably conceded that it was America's fault that China has to lock up a million Uyghur Muslims in, in Western China and use them as forced slave labor. So I'm sure Joe really stood strong. But what will be interesting in the coming days is, you know, the Chinese media and, and they, while those of us on the right use the phrase state controlled media to refer to the media here in the U.S., they literally have state controlled media over there. It will be interesting to see how they characterize the phone call and, and how they portray the discussions and things that were talked about. Are they going to admit that human rights was even on the on the docket? Of course they will. But they'll say it was Joe Biden talking about how they need China's help to end the scourge of racism and police brutality. I, I just it, it's almost like I'd be happy if they want to pay me a lot of money. I'll just write the lines for them because it's so predictable. So th there's a little futures prediction. And, and of course, the right wing media here, my, my compatriots, We'll latch on to that and want to talk about it and report about it. And it, it will be illuminating to see how that is portrayed by Chinese state media. And then, of course, how it's how that portrayal is represented among different media outlets here in the United States. And and it's, uh, Joe Biden is in a precarious situation because the fact is a lot of the Democrat base, you know, union workers that they want to try to bring home are more supportive of the Donald Trumpian type policies toward China uh, than, than not. So it, it will be interesting to see how Joe Biden does handle China in general. I, I am concerned. They've made it very clear. They want to be the sole remaining superpower. They want to supplant us as the largest economy. They want to supersede us in terms of military strength and world power and global domination. They're not hiding the ball anymore. You know, 20 years ago, they had to pretend like, oh, no, we just want fair access to the economy <laughs> and make all your cheap crap. Now, they're making it really plain what they want to do. And whoops, this virus, our bad. Sorry. <laughs> nothing to see here. Nothing to see, nothing to see here. That little guy, don't worry about that little guy. We'll just, we'll move on. So there, there's thoughts on the Biden China thing. All right, next up, get a phone call from my wife. The kids are on the phone and the kids say, did you hear what happened to Cara Dune? So she is... Uh, First off, who the hell is that? Character. All right, it's the character on The Mandalorian, the female. She used to be a UFC fighter. She's, she's known for saying conservative-ish type things, which really, they're more just common sense things, but in today's environment where everything has shifted so far to the left, they come across as hyper-conservative. Mm. And she must be one of those evil conservatives. And, and I think she's said some things loosely supportive of Trump. Uh, and, and so the, the word is Lucas Films, you know, the Star Wars uh, studio has been looking to find a way to get rid of her. And so she sent a tweet out that drew a comparison between how Nazis and Nazi Germany in the 1930s, it wasn't the government always coming and attacking Jews. It, it started with the government dividing people and then essentially getting neighbors and communities to turn against the Jews in their communities. And, and she was drawing the comparison to how today in the political environment, people are encouraged to politically isolate and then turn against people who view things differently political than them. And look, Holocaust and Nazi comparisons, 
are often overdone from the perspective of whatever you're comparing it to is nowhere close to the Holocaust and nowhere close to, and, and the, the bad guys are nowhere close to being Nazis. But is that fireable? I mean, she was essentially saying, let's all try to get along. Like, can't we all just get along? Because this is, this is the extreme of where it can end up. I sure don't want to end up there. Canceled, canceled. My kids are distraught. But the nice thing is, if you raise them right, my, my daughter, who I'm very proud of, she said, another thing we have to thank Democrats for. I said, that's right, honey. Don't you ever forget that. <laughs> don't you ever forget. So that, that's your latest cancel culture update. And then I had a personal experience that I, I thought I would share with our, our listeners, our faithful Antoceans. Um, so I was driving between two big cities, Texas, stop at a very rural gas station off the highway. I look on the door and I, I do not see a sign that says anything about masks. I don't see a please wear a mask. Don't do that. As I step out of my car, I'm still kind of fumbling, you know, is it in my pocket that I roll it up and throw it under the seat? Is it, you know, where, where did I stuff this dirty mask that I've worn 15 times before that I'll put on my face just for the virtue and just to outwardly signal that I care. I stand together with you. Then I saw the employees not wearing one and I thought, green light, green light. And I'll tell you what, and I realize I'm flaunting or flouting every public health prescription out there. It felt liberating. It actually felt somewhat liberating just to walk in, not wear a mask. Now, a couple of people came in a few minutes later and they had masks on. I, I stayed away from them. Didn't, didn't want to crowd their space. I generally don't like crowding. I don't like people, period. So let's keep, our, let's keep the social distancing part going on this. So it was just, it, it, was, it, was, it was a liberating experience. It's just that simple. I, you know, I guess, I don't know. Is this what nudists feel like when they go to the beach and just let it all hang out? I don't know. But it, it got me to think about, okay, you know, now we're hearing the lunacy of, well, even, even once you have a vaccine, you have to wear a mask. Even once we reach herd immunity, you have to, we have to wear a mask. Hey, double masking, now two masks. And I mean, Fauci flip-flop, you know, four times in the space of a week. You know, now, well, a CDC study shows that double masking is 93% more effective. Let me, let me offer a suggestion of where this all came from. If you look back at news articles, about a month or two ago, there was an article in the New York Times, and it looked at why does Joe Biden wear two masks? And it talked about this, like, well, one is better, two is better than one. And, and, and it tried to use that logic. And I feel like I have a completely unique take on it. And I don't think I've heard any other commentator make this point. And if anyone's heard somebody make this point previously, please hit us up on Instagram, let me know, and I'll, I'll admit plagiarizing it. But I think this is a unique and a first-time point. If you look very carefully and closely, especially at pictures of Joe Biden and other politicians who are double masking, in other words, they're wearing a mask and then a cloth mask over top, what you'll often see is that the mask they're wearing underneath is one of the N95 masks. And the way you can tell that is the N95 masks, the bands, instead of wrapping around your ears, they wrap around your, your kind of lower upper neck and then the upper part of your skull. And that's so it really pulls it tight to your face. And I, I know this because I happen to have a couple N95s laying around the house and I used them for a time when at first my kids got the vid, but then I got it. So who cares? That stopped. But I believe they were wearing cloth masks over that because remember what we've been hearing from day one. We need to save the N95 masks for our frontline workers and healthcare <laughs> workers, which it makes sense. Like, I, I get it. You know, I know Mrs. Belts is there 
risking her health. Uh, okay, that's the kind of person who needs an N95 mask, or at least the highest level of protection that can be afforded. It's all virtue signaling. It's all, I want to get credit for wearing a mask. I don't want you to know that I'm actually wearing one of the effective ones. I still want you to just wear something over your face because I told you to. I have the resources to go get the really effective ones that actually make a difference. And I'll still, you know, wag my finger at you if you don't wear just the ones that really don't make a difference. But I have the ones that make a difference. But I don't want it to be public. So I'm still going to wear a cloth covering over it. Again, especially look back over the campaign when Biden, you know, before he got his vaccine shot, uh, you, you'll see a lot of the times when he's double masking, it's what is obviously an N95 underneath a cloth mask because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be portrayed as taking advantage of resources available to him. He's a frontline worker. He's on the else. front line. Dude. He's out there battling China on the front line. Uh, on the on the front line of signing 52 executive orders, it's probably up to 55 by I now. I think it's over 55 uh, now. Who cares, man? At this point, let's just keep it going. I mean, the over-under was 56 and a half before March. That's going to fly over. I mean, this guy can't be stopped. <laughs> He's, uh, he can't be stopped. No. You know, if, if he uh, if he does this many executive orders, it'll make up for all those people who didn't watch the Super Bowl, which, by the way, oh, this is suspect, it's all this suspect. screaming bullshit is what this is. So, well, but how can they not count that? I don't it know. It has to be able to count that. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Big... There's no there's no way. I know there's no, no way. way. They're saying that. So first of all, as I said, you'll hear. Well, I don't want to get into a whole rant. I've already talked about this, but the Nissan ratings, it took like 36 to 48 hours for them to come out. And immediately right there, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I wonder what we're doing here. Now, instead of stuffing the ballots, we're taking them out. We're taking, we're them, taking out. them out. And Maybe, them. Who knows? Maybe a week later, they'll have to revise the numbers and it'll, they'll add 8 million and get us to our over. Just ridiculous. Five. They don't. So their excuse is, we don't know how to do it with all the streaming with Hulu and Amazon. It's like you can directly. There's no even I know this. If there's a way for them to bill you individually, there's a way for them to to extract the data of what you're looking at from right. cable television when it screams. There's no way that that's like, well, it's out there in the abyss. We don't know. We'll just take a guess. Well, it might, it might be that some of those streaming services don't want to share their data, but you find a way to get them to share their data. Offer them money. They'll, they'll sell data. It's what they do. It's how they make money. Yeah, well, I can't believe it. We're canceling the chick from Star Wars because she probably voted for Trump or getting rid of him. It's just insane. I, I, you know, she should have known that going in though. She should have known that was going to happen. I mean, you're playing for the wrong team when you're, when you're, it's not even that she's conservative. It's like Kevin Sorbo, Kevin Sorbo. You remember him? Hercules. Yeah. Sometimes Hercules. Goes on Fox yeah. News. He's kind of like middle kind of, kind of right. But because he wasn't full blown left, they just ostracized him. You, you have to, right. you have to take it hook, line and sinker or you're just, I mean, middle of the road is basically, you're basically a Nazi. <laughs> you're, oh, yeah. Middle of the road, you're a Nazi. You're three steps to the right of Alex Jones. Uh, you know, because I, I don't know. It, it's really if you're not if you're not three steps to the left of uh, Leon Trotsky, you're you're considered a conservative <laughs> and ergo vis-a-vis concordingly a Nazi. Ergo so, concordingly. Yes. Concordingly. Unbelievable. Vis-a-vis. A uh, little Matrix for you there. A little Matrix. I think that was part. Will, part Matrix two. Will Ferrell MTV. Uh, video Music Awards parody. With uh, Stifler? A long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I still don't know what that guy's name is. All right, anything you want to close with, bro? No, let's uh, let's see if this Nick Foles, uh, Ty- Tyreek Cohen trade for Carson Wentz comes together. That's the latest thing I heard. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on in the NFL offseason. We'll be able to talk about that. A lot of ifs, ands, what have you, free agency. going to be crazy. I hear a lot of rumors of draft picks. People are going to be trading up. Uh-oh, that's always fun. 
last time that happened, it was Mitch Trubisky. But uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. But anyway, Tommy Bench, thanks for jumping on the Sports Antelope. We look forward to having you on next week. All right, out here. Thanks for joining the Sports Antelope, episode number 35 with your boy Danny Belts, Bro Exotic, and Tommy Bench. Anytime, anywhere, basically any court, anywhere, the Houston Cougars. Look out for them. Look out for those manatees. Look out for somebody throwing a Super Bowl trophy at your head. Joe Biden's talking to China. And Hunter Biden's smoking crack. That's fact, Jack. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it real, Anadotians.